0: Welcome to Madlet Musings, the podcast where we dive into the minds of authors, exploring the profound realms of faith, social issues, and the delightful world of entertainment. I'm your host, Jamie Jo Wright, and on this literary journey, you never quite know what you're going to get. Hey there, Madelette Enthusiasts. Our podcast is sponsored by the esteemed Baker Publishing Group. Whether you're into heartwarming romance, gripping suspense, or deep dives into matters of faith and society, Baker Publishing Group has it all. With Ravel and Bethany House Publishers under their umbrella, they bring you a diverse array of books that will captivate your mind and stir your soul. Check out all of their line at www.bakerbookhouse.com. Hey everyone it is Jamie Joe right here at Mad Lit Musings Podcast and today I'm really excited because I have with us Sarah Brunsvold who writes really great fiction. Hey Sarah. <laughs>
1: Hello thank you for having me back Jamie. I appreciate yes. you
0: asking me. Oh it's so much fun and I love having these conversations with authors and you know talking about your books and everything like that but then also just talking about things that influence the book and life and story and sometimes we have really good laughs too (laughs) so but you have a new book coming out here um called the divine proverb of streusel which first of all I should say I love streusel so you had me at the title
1: awesome yes that's Mm -hmm. what we're hoping for Mm -hmm. yeah that was very wise marketing of you (laughs) (laughs) well you know sometimes I have genius moments
0: (laughs) So every new book comes with an order of streusel, right? No.
1: Yeah, you, sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> right. There is a recipe for streusel kuchen. Hey, Does that count? That, there you we'll go. take it. We'll <laughs> take it.
0: So I'm just going to read the back cover copy just to get us going here. But this is, I'm pulling this off of your website. Um, so the, the book is called The Divine Proverb of Streusel. Um, And cooking her way through her great-grandmother's German recipes provides Nikki Werner an anchor in the storm of family crisis. But will it be enough to fill every hunger she has? I don't know, it's streusel, that might be enough. Inspired by Sarah's own family story and heritage, this contemporary Christian fiction story features unforgettable, intergenerational characters, a touch of midlife romance, small-town charm, and yes, unique recipes. (laughs) it sounds delicious in multiple so many ways hopefully. yes yeah. <laughs> so i didn't realize that this book was inspired by your own family
1: yes so um the premise of the story is this young woman nikki is uh, reeling from the divorce of her parents after 30 mm. years of marriage and um and you know th- no matter how old a child is when that happens um it's it's traumatic it's traumatic and it can cause some family identity questions um you know who who am i really where is my family what is my family now and and that's all things that i experienced my parents did uh, they were married for 31 years um before their divorce happened, and you know those were all questions that i wrestled with as well and um And so Nikki, as she's diving back into her family heritage and discovers this journal that's uh, filled with uh, authentic German recipes and not just recipes, but each one is also paired with life wisdom that somebody has pulled from the book of Proverbs. And so that kind of feeds into the title as well the divine proverb of streusel Mm -hmm. so not only do you have this recipe for streusel kuchen but you have this proverb and and life wisdom that goes along with it wow and um so yeah so all of this was sort of uh taken very loosely from from my own family story and heritage and um the the setting for the book is in uh, the small little hamlet that was settled by German immigrants in Northeast Missouri, mm-hmm. which is very much based on on where I grew up. So diving back into, you know, my own um, through Nikki, diving back into family heritage and roots and, you know, the history of this little town and and how her family weaves into that history. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it was therapeutic uh, for Nikki, just like it was. It's, therapeutic for, for me as well. And when I was walking through that back in, back in my twenties. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's neat. And, you know, I don't know if people
0: who aren't from the Midwest area realize how strong of a German influence really, you know, like you look at Wisconsin where I'm at, that leaves its way down, you know, Iowa, Missouri, even I think some into Kansas quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really almost like a German
1: belt. Yeah. So true. So true, and and I kind of touch on that in the book. Uh, one of the uh, contributing factors of that is in the 1800s, there were a lot of people who were trying to uh, get out of Germany. It was mm-hmm. a very oppressive society, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so people were you know giving up everything that they had and and getting on boats to to come to uh, come to America. And a lot of them, you know you would think they would go through New York, which some of them did. Right. but a lot of them actually went around to the Gulf of Mexico mm-hmm. and up the Mississippi mm-hmm. and landed in St. Louis. So if you look at a map, even modern day map um, of St. Louis and around, uh, the missouri river mm-hmm. where the missouri meets the mississippi you'll see yeah. a lot of little towns that have very distinct german names very. and saint louis especially is is a has a very rich german heritage mm-hmm. um, so yeah you're right all the way up the the river belt and, yeah. and back down there's there's a lot of german history there
0: mm-hmm. i was doing some research on the german history because one of my books coming out um in a year is this set just outside of milwaukee which yeah. also mm-hmm. has always been known at least to locals as little Germany, because yeah. it had so much German influence. And it seemed like in, in one sense, Milwaukee was kind of like this heartbeat. And then so much German influence spread out into the small towns. And around here, you go through a phone book. Well, actually, phone books still exist. For those of you who don't know what they are, which I had to explain to my daughter the other day. It's an actual book that you can look up people's names and phone numbers.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: it's so it's just filled with German name, German name, German name. Yeah, you know, one
1: after the other. My so we love to vacation in Wisconsin. Okay, so, so we're in Kansas City. We only during the summer, of course, because right. we're not winter people. But, <laughs> um, but we love Milwaukee, yeah. and one of the reasons why the the authentic German restaurants mm-hmm. that are in Milwaukee, and I think it's pronounced usingers, the mm-hmm. sausage mm-hmm. factory. Yep. Um. Yeah. It's it's just it's divine. And so yeah, highly highly anticipate going back someday.
0: Yes, it's so cool. Have you? And um, not to get stuck on Milwaukee because I want to
1: veer back to your book. But get stuck on Milwaukee. I know, right, right.
0: (laughs) But have you been to the? I forget where they call it. Um, there was a certain name for it, but it was where the upper echelons of German society lived along Lake Michigan and the strips of old mansions. I don't know if you've seen those. Mm
1: yeah up to like Whitefish Bay yes yes yes
0: Uh uh-huh like you wouldn't picture that when you think Milwaukee and then all of a sudden you're in this district and there's like mansions and they're just gorgeous like gilded age phenomenal just amazing yeah
1: it's gorgeous yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: okay so I'm assuming then along with it being your book being inspired by your family story you have a German heritage too I'm making a leap
1: Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> indeed. Yes. And um, I, speaking of making leaps, some people make the leap that Brunsvold, my last name is German, and it's actually not. Right. I know. I, I was disappointed too, but it's actually Norwegian. Mm-hmm. Um, so my maiden name Caden is, is that, very yes. much German. And uh, so yes, so that is based on um, my heritage is very much German on both mm-hmm. sides, both my okay. mom and my dad. Um, their families were all descended from the original immigrants that, mm-hmm. that came over from Germany. That's so cool.
0: That's so cool. Well, and I love the way now that you've got a fiction novel coming out where you have like this younger woman really cooking her way through family history, mm-hmm. which is very nostalgic on a lot of levels too. Because I think like Christmas is coming up at, while we're recording this anyway, Christmas is coming up and I'm thinking of pulling out my my grandma writes recipe books for all of the traditional things that we associate with christmas based on whatever our family heritage is. Mhm. Um, yeah. that's so interesting to me. So do you find that food brings back specific memories and did you work that into
1: this no- this novel? Yeah, I th- I think food in general is such a central part of culture and yeah. central part of of any heritage, uh, regardless of of where in the world um, your your family has has originated. it's such a central part of identity. Uh Um, And there's something about, you know, sharing the foods of generations before you just feel closer to them. Yeah, I I feel like like you're you're just so much more connected, even if they have, you know, gone on, um, gone on to heaven years Uh ago, you Uh know, cooking the foods that they ate and it just adds a whole new dimension to the stories about their lives that, right. that only food can offer. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. It's you so know. interesting to me. And I think maybe it's because it, it brings in
0: more than one of the five senses when you think about it, because you have your taste, right. you have your smell, because um, that incorporates it. And so you've got those two senses, then obviously your eyes and you're seeing things. So I don't know, maybe it's maybe that's part of it is that it just becomes such a strong association with a person or a place. Or, an or, event. or a
1: time. Or a yeah. Time, yeah. And, and I also think sound plays a part in that too. Because as you're cooking, you know, the sizzling of the meat or the, the simmering sounds or because um, food as it's cooking, you know, you, you do um, get a lot of sounds associated mm-hmm. with that as well. And so, you know, as I was researching the book, of course, I had never made any of these recipes, oh, okay. pictured in the book. <laughs> so I was kind of flying blind a little bit. So I did a lot of um, testing. In, in my oh, own kitchen to to try to figure out you know, what would what would Nikki be experiencing as she's okay. cooking these things for the first time and there's something about as you're saying just that immersion of sense mm-hmm. of all your senses you're you're almost transported back to the kitchen of whoever it was that wrote down that recipe yeah. originally you're experiencing the same things uh, some of the same things that they would have been experiencing mm-hmm. And it just makes you feel much more connected with them um, in new ways. Absolutely. That's so cool. I
0: love it. Okay. So tell us a little bit about Nikki. So she, is she a single woman or is she married or divorced or what's, what's her story?
1: Yeah. So she is um, single, but uh, one of the things, one of the layers that uh, drives her, um to the point of crisis is not only is 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 her parents divorce very fresh um, but she has a serious boyfriend that up until this point they were on the track you know to engagement and now suddenly she's a little skittish about Mm. the whole idea of of marriage and so she's trying to wrestle through that as well that Mm -hmm. push-pull of you know you you love somebody but yet you're afraid uh, in, in that that pain is so real and you know, you don't want to go through that again. So that's kind of where she's at as well. So we've got a bit of a, a layer of, you know, her trying to reconcile what's going on with her parents, and um, she's got some bitterness toward her dad at this point. And then on top of that, you know, she's got this um, serious boyfriend who is is supportive, but you know, is kind of reaching the end of his um, mm. limit as well with sure. with patience because. Yeah. Um, he just needs an answer from her. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's Nikki. She's, she's a bundle of, um, of, uh, nerves, shall we say, just trying to process. Well, and that makes sense too. And, you know, it's funny too, because when you start digging into
0: family history, then when you're going through those personal experiences, you start, I mean, like, I, I guess I'm thinking when I was a child, I would go through like my mom's trunks and she had the old, doilies and tatting and things that my great-grandmother would make and everything was so romanticized in my mind but now when I go back and I look through family journals or whatever you start seeing the brokenness through the generations um, and how much that affects and I could see like with a character like Nikki how that could be almost just as disconcerting as her current situation if she's uncovering family roots
1: Yes, yes. And I think you're, you're hitting on some things there that are definitely <laughs> in the book. Uh, All right. We won't spoil where, anything. But. Yeah, no spoilers. But yeah, but needless to say, I think that's one of the joys I find in looking at family history. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there, there's that famous statement. I don't know who said it, but sometimes we read to know that we're not alone. Mm. And I think that's also one of the reasons why I feel like we're hardwired to learn about our family history as well. Yeah. to know that we're not alone and to know that you know these these people that we may have put on a pedestal or romanticized mm-hmm. they went they walked through some really real things as yeah. well yeah and how did they do that mm-hmm. and you know in learning from them there's something about seeing your own ancestors going through a hard time that just to me i think um puts things your own trials and tribulations mm-hmm. puts things into a perspective that makes it seem a little more um understandable yeah um so you see some of that at play as well with okay. with Nikki as she's uncovering some things yes yes that's that's exciting you know on a, on a much
0: smaller scale um as I was doing some family research and this was when my mom was still alive but I'm just bringing it up as a as an illustration of how we don't realize how much our lives are affected today by even two or three generations prior. And we don't realize that, you know, obviously I always write about ghosts and things, but to me, those are like the ghosts, not literal, but the ghosts of their of the of the past that kind of still influence us today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that the remaining echoes of the lives that lived before us. Um, but I had asked my mom one day when my mom and my grandma were still alive, we were all in the kitchen and I wanted some chocolate chips just to eat. You know how you just grab a handful? And I went to the freezer and I pulled out the bag of chocolate chips. And it dawned on me that we might be the only family I knew that keeps chocolate chips in the freezer. And so I asked my mom, I said, mom, why do we keep chocolate chips in the freezer? Cause they don't have to be, they're not going to spoil, right? You could leave them in the counter in a mason jar and they'd be fine. And she's like, well, I don't know. I've always left them in the freezer because my mom put them in the freezer. And she turns to my grandma. She goes, why did you put chocolate chips in the freezer? And my grandma goes, because if you leave them out, they'll melt. And I said, they won't melt though. And she goes, honey, when I was a kid, all we had was an ice box and the house would get hotter than hot in the summertime because we didn't have air conditioning. So the only way to keep your chocolate good was to put the chocolate chips or the chocolate bar or whatever in the ice box, freeze it so that it wouldn't melt. And so three generations later, I'm still putting chocolate chips in the freezer as if it's like going to preserve them <laughs> only because my great great grandma used to put them in the ice box
1: yeah isn't that and i loved how you said that the echoes of uh, i forget your exact wording but the echoes of the lives that have come before us yeah yeah, yeah. it's so true so whether it's small scale things like that or even um, you know the tendencies that we have and how we relate to one another mm-hmm. and how we resolve um, problems. Mm-hmm. Um, those echoes can come through loud and clear as well. Yeah. So I I find it fascinating uh, to learn about just in my own personal life. Learn about my grandparents, my my mom, mm-hmm. my grandparents, my great grandparents, who I didn't know very well. Mm-hmm. Um, to begin to understand those connections, like how did I get here? Yeah. You know, why am I here in Missouri, you know, or Kansas yeah. right now? Yeah. Um, you know, wh- why do I speak the language that I speak? Why do I have the last name that I had mm-hmm. that I was born with? Um, so yeah, I, I find it very fascinating to to dive deep into uh, family yes. stories, and yeah. it, it's very enlightening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you dive in and you start seeing the spiritual legacy too. Absolutely. That is left or perhaps hasn't been there or is just Mm -hmm. starting or, you know, negative impacts versus positive. And yeah, Mm -hmm. there's so much to be found in history, especially our family histories. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Agreed. (laughs) So
0: anybody who picks up this book is going to have obviously some fun recipes interspersed Mm -hmm. throughout the book. And if you're like me, you can't bake worth a dime and you won't save your life but you can try. And I might try making the streusel because it sounds really
1: good. <laughs> and you know what? The streusel is so easy. It's butter and sugar just pinched together yeah. with some seasoning. And I, there's there's no shame in eating it straight, you know? Okay, <laughs> Just making perfect. the streusel and then it's like <laughs> cookie dough. Just right, like, exactly. Making cookie
0: dough just to eat it. <laughs> yes. Well, I love that when you have like the streusel toppings on things, like the apple pie, like every now and then some people do the streusel oh, instead yeah. of like the double crust. And I always want to just spoon off the streusel and just eat it. Just forget the apple, forget the crust. I'm just eating the streusel.
1: Speaking just... my language right now. Yes, we need to have a <laughs> streusel party. Oh, now that would be fun. Just big bowls of streusel. <laughs> that would be so fun. Wouldn't that be great? You know, I don't. Don't ask me why I know this, but um, on Amazon you can buy streusel, pre-made streusel, by okay. the five-gallon bucket full. You know, it's it's meant for restaurants, but um, hey. That just could it out be, there, yeah. You know, if we're if we're looking for a party, <laughs> oh, I'm this should be a good book book launch idea. There you go. You going to have a book
0: launch party for Sarah with Strusel and coffee because German coffees, coffee. it's just critical, right? Yes, for the German absolutely. roots. Mm-hmm. And if you're not German, that's okay. We accept you. You can become one of us.
1: <laughs> that's right. We shall bring you in and adopt you into our bloodlines. <laughs> The only requirement is you like butter no, like that's, oh well that's yeah it. if you like butter is there anyone who it. doesn't like butter well you know
0: i suppose there, there, there probably is people. yeah but, yeah yeah there's people that probably choose not to partake in dairy but yeah. i'm also from wisconsin so that's like
1: yeah dairy capital
0: dairy capital it's a little difficult so
1: <laughs> <laughs> can't escape it in wisconsin <laughs> no oh. no so okay
0: so readers are going to get streusel they're going to get um family legacy a little bit of romance not necessarily heavy on the romance
1: but there is a little bit in the book too there is a little bit of romance in the book so this was um, the other so there's two point of view characters one okay. is nikki and the other is her uncle her paternal uncle mm-hmm. and so it is his farm that you know was the the family farm and okay. she escapes to Uh, She finds herself on Uncle Wes's farm, and this is where she finds the journal. So Uncle Wes is the other point of view character, and uh, this is my first time writing from a male point of view. So hopefully I did it well. Um, But yeah, so uh, Uncle Wes is there, and and there he has a bit of uh, love interest in in his life. So also my first time sort of dabbling in romance, So, but just a touch, just a touch touch of romance.
0: That's my kind of romance where it's just, it's that heartwarming touch, but it's not necessarily saturated. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just personal preference. So I love that. (laughs) So Sarah, if readers want to find out more about you, and this isn't your first book, you also have the christy award finalist novel um
1: that mrs kip all i can think of is mrs kip that's yeah that's it uh, the extraordinary deaths of mrs kip that's right shorthand mrs kip i mean that's that's mm-hmm. what most people have begun to refer it to that's that's how i refer to it as well that's awesome that's awesome so yeah. great books to be found and even on your website you
0: have a little making of the cover video that people can go oh, check yeah. out which is really cool um, so how do we find your website? Where do we go? What yeah. do you want to leave us with
1: for the contact? Yes, please. Um, come find me at sarabrunswold.com Um, there's a, like, like she said, there, there's plenty of information about my books. And there's also an open invitation to send me, drop me a line through, mm-hmm. uh, through email. If, if that is something of interest. Uh, but I'm also on other pla- Instagram, Facebook, uh, just look up Sarah Brunswold and, and you should find me there.
0: Awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. And um, we're going to cut this podcast off
1: so I can go make some strissel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thank you so much for having me today.
0: Thank you for joining Mad Lit Musings, where every conversation is a journey and every book is a new adventure. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast player or check us out on YouTube. And let's explore the fascinating intersection of faith, society, and storytelling together.